0: You're listening to the Founders Keepers Radio Show. From somewhere in the English countryside, making global, local.
1: And welcome into the Keepers Cottage, somewhere in the English countryside. Uh, I'm uh, uh, Pete Mitchell. We have DJ Supremo, Dougie Shipton, and... Andy Votel, yeah, well, you, oh, re- oh, you? you
2: recognise the intro music. <laughs> you recognise the voices. We're back
1: for oh, another no, episode back I- in full effect, and uh, over the next two hours, then uh, jazz is
2: not a four-letter word. This is that episode. Jazz is not a four-letter word. Oh, what,
1: what is this? What is the starting point then? With
2: well, well um, this goes back to a compilation that we did ten years ago, or a series that me and Doug did hey, called. Hey. Um, Folk is not a four letter word. Right. Where we were kind of like, I mean, folk has become a very trendy thing in recent years, but 10 to 15 years ago it was a kind of dirty word <laughs> so uh, so we were just trying to put that in a different context at the time and then we followed it with another comp called prog is not a four letter word now prog was a dirty word yeah is it still <laughs> it probably still is yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 but 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 then the crusade was going to go on to maybe do jazz is not a four letter word and at the time i thought things like jazz and punk well we thought they don't need our defence. No, 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 absolutely <laughs> so, uh, not. Absolutely not. So, but, but you know, I mean, there's some people who are quite adverse to the squawk, mm. and uh, I thought we could use this show to maybe, uh, you know, as our third Finders Keepers show, mm-hmm. maybe just uh, get in there early with the jazz yeah. and, uh, and and see how it fares. So we've got a few heads round
3: today. Uh, yeah, I guess we're going to dig uh, as deep as we can and um, hopefully open a few eyes. Let's get on
1: with it. uh, Welcome to uh, Jazz is Not a Four-Letter Word. It certainly isn't.
3: This is the Finders Keepers radio show, making global, local...
1: to the Finders Keepers radio show from somewhere in the English countryside. Uh, Pete Mitchell with uh, Annie Votel and others uh, looming in the, uh, the background. Uh, a lovely start to that because it, it started like really sort of hysteric and then came into something that was really sort of uh, fluid and beautiful in uh, in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, uh, quite almost ambient in, in parts there.
2: Well, I thought there's no point throwing everyone in right at the No,
1: because I, th- I, I, I thought straight away, I thought, oh dear. But I am swimming directly <laughs> towards <laughs> the deep end. You?
2: I have got, there is a... With no there's armbands. A, there's a beacon there and no boy. Yeah. Definitely go, yeah, I'm definitely... <laughs> It is very, very sort of summary, that record. Who is it? Well, that's it. I mean, it's Steve Potts. There's two reasons why I wanted to open with this. Basically, because, I mean, that to me has got the similar sort of attributes to the music of John McIntyre and the c and Cake and Jim O'Rourke from the sort of post-rock mm. era. You know, bands like Tortoise and stuff like that. It might well be 20 years ahead of that curve, mm. but, I mean, for people who are, like I say, a bit scared of the squawk.
1: It's a very dark and murky world though, Jazz, for those uh, who don't really you know,
2: plunge the depth of uh, you know, free form. Yeah, well I mean I, Jazz was one of the first things I got into when I discovered white music it was like a revelation to me, I never knew white music existed <laughs> 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 but you know so I mean, but but yeah it's like, I suppose one thing that happens in a lot of the peop- people involved in Finders Keepers and B music, you you kind of slightly move away from American music a bit and then start as you Always say Traverse the globe for- Which we try to yeah, yeah. Which we try to So, And someone like Steve Potts And people like Don Cherry Who we'll hear more of And um, People who travelled Europe I mean, the, for free jazz especially, uh, America wasn't as receptive as you might have expected. So a lot of people had to travel around the world to to to, to be accepted. So free jazz, for example, was massive in Paris. Mm, mm. That, that was actually a soundtrack that we just heard. Right? Okay. So That's for, nice, f- it's nice for a French film. So that was another sort of outlet for a lot of jazz people, American jazz people. So like bands like Art Ensemble of Chicago, um, they did a film as soon as they arrived in Paris. They did a film called The Stances of Sophie, which was an art right. film. So there were there were more platforms. Is this fifties for... Paris you're talking
1: about when people would go there? Because you know, we're jazz musicians in America ill thought of, Ill, uh, badly paid, ripped off, all that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean, some. I mean, I suppose the, the, the early to mid '60s is when people like Don Cherry was going over, was coming over to to France and Germany. And, uh, you know, and eventually, you know... But Paris
1: came, it, it was the epicentre, really, wasn't it, for European jazz for a long while?
2: I don't know if it was the epicentre, but it was definitely a very good place to be, especially at the late 60s, start of the 70s, because you had these pan-African festivals to do with a, 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 a label called Actuel, B-Y-G Actuel, bought a lot of free jazzers, and I'm talking proper squawk music here, and released this <laughs> full like full catalog of amazing beautiful looking american free jazz records with playing with 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 french players somebody who was really important around that time was a guy called Jeff Gilson right. who who ran a label called Palm and there was another label called Futura and there was nothing around any other part of the world who, who was facilitating this kind of music quite like the French were and it opened forums for French jazz musicians as well Gilson himself was a brilliant um, player Francois Tusk from Nantes who was a brilliant pianist Jean-Francois Jenny Clark and all these amazing French musicians who were playing with their heroes mm. who were probably better received in Europe at the time yeah. it's that niche. was always the case though wasn't
1: it when American artists came to Europe it was I don't know what happened FM radio and American rock came along and just wiped the floor with everybody basically
2: yeah, I guess you're right. But, yeah. but, but but that that the music you're talking about was listenable. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Some some yeah. some free jazz is almost Pretty unlistenable. Yeah. But then you know you get to a stage where grooves and and repeats and melody kind of becomes a bit irrelevant. Well, well I mean, and I said I said to you
1: before I, I like it when the when I hear form and it comes back to something I can understand. When you have these long free form pieces, I'm just I just I'm just lost, you know. So that, uh, we'll oh, change that. You, yeah, <laughs> over the next 2 hours. I was cured, all right. <laughs> we'll cure you. We'll cure you, Pete. All right. Well, we'll, are, we have people uh, you know circling the uh, the the keeper Scotty's uh, and a number of people going to drop by. Where are we going to move with our jazzy Is not a four-letter word now.
2: Right. Let's um, let's keep it European. I mean, you know. Okay. I I think most of the stuff we're going to play is 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 global. Right. So uh, this is Robin Kenyatta. Don't, don't blame me for that
1: fade. That's how it fades on the record. I, didn't, I wasn't blaming anybody. I was just <laughs> I was just standing well back, that, like that, a that, lit firework. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Pete, <laughs> jazz is not a four-letter word. I know, I know. Well, I'm, I'm
1: coming, I'm coming around. I'm thawing. Right. <laughs> uh, but there is something. There is something. Uh, I mean, that this is probably a four-letter word for you. I can see these. The record so far being appreciated by the uh, the acid jazz crowd in a, in a kind of way.
2: Acid jazz is too full. Though. That's an <laughs>
1: eight letter couple. <laughs> I thought. that one just fan the flames! Here we go.
2: Um, tell us more. I think you're talking. What you're talking about there is that that strong clavinet sound, mm. which I think I know, well I know you're a big Stevie Wonder fan. of course, yeah. I, I, and I think that clavinet can that that it can win you over. Yeah, that sort of teases your sensibilities mm. there. I yeah, think. probably. But me. that guy is this is that's Robin Kenyatta. He's the principal artist. But the the crew that he's got there, it was basically Wolfgang Downer, who is an amazing keyboard player, who did a brilliant album called Output, at, which is very free, sort of electronic meets various different keyboards, ring modulators stuff like that, mm. and then he also did some very poppy stuff, and some eastern stuff, in uh, uh, with a, a record called the Oymels, so he was like a, a, a great German guy, this is an early record from the ECM label, which I'm sure you've mm. heard of ECM But uh, and that was later a real great home for um, all different types of jazz um, but you've also got a guy here called Fred Braceful, who was quite big on the Krautrock scene. An amazing drummer I mean alongside Malcolm Mooney from Cannes he was one of the few African American faces you were likely to see on a on a German jazz or prog record, he's appeared on such amazing records. Like he's he's the guy that appears on the Vampires Lesbos soundtrack. He was in the band called a- a- X Magma, mm. which nothing to do with the French band Magma. All oh, right, okay, uh, just and, to confuse and, the issue. Yeah, uh, and he, he's an amazing person. Here. So there's a bit of a dream team here coming out of, coming out of Germany. But um, it's fascinating
1: that you said um, you got sick of hearing loops and uh, sample bits. But that's just full of it, though. That, that, I can even I the uh, for my untrained ear can hear things within that that you think oh has that been lifted
2: Uh, yeah I think I think the point I was trying to make when we were off mic was was the fact that you know as a youngster with modern music, loops was all I heard, and then right. I start started chasing grooves, mm. and just you kind of just get you get sick of it. <laughs> the same <laughs> thing going on. Maybe it's just me personally. Yeah. But I know when well, you're I you could though you could spot a, you could spot a sample at five hundred miles, can't you? Um, yeah, you're no, good at it. Kind, you're good. Kind of. Yeah. Good. yeah. I've turned it into a what <laughs> a living <laughs> into a probably a dying <laughs> art. Well, but well, I don't suppose the music industry favours sampling much more, does it? I really? have no idea. That's a very good
1: I, I, the, the debate. It's still raging, I mm. think. Yeah, yeah it yeah, is. Yeah. But anyway,
2: that was Robin Kenyatta.
1: Um, do you know what? I think we should have a break from all of this jazz. OK. What do you think? Bit of pop, maybe? Opposite
2: end of the spectrum?
1: I think so. Sitars in their eyes, do you fancy
2: that? Sitars in their eyes? Well, Doug's here, aren't you, right. Doug? So let's, what, maybe Doug should try and, try mm. and um... Foxes. Try and fox us. Cool.
3: Is it Nostradamus, or is it just a knock This is Sitars in their eyes.
2: Right, the rules are simple. Basically, okay. we just play yeah. an old foreign record which suspiciously sounds like a popular hit. Doug's got one queued up ready to go. You have to guess what it is. What do you do now, I don't I don't think in the first
1: few of these shows I've even got anywhere near uh, getting the answer correct.
3: Well, what what do you reckon, Doug? To be fair, I think I've uh, I've got you this time. Mm. It's quite a toughie. This. Well, not if you've seen a Life Aquatic, we'll yeah. have yeah. a good stab at this. If uh, if it rings any bells. But outside of that, if you don't catch it, come the uh, chorus in inverted commas, I think you'll not get it at all. I am.
1: So, guys, uh, what yeah, do you think? Over. Do you know what? I'm not very good as uh, at uh, the best of days.
2: <laughs> it's a trick. I think it's a trick question. Why like, is that a trick question? Do you, no. like, do you like the tune? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's... Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, you don't? I, yeah, I know where he's coming from with this, because uh, he I said like Life Aquatic. It is. I think... Oh, it's either like The Residence or Devo. <laughs> Phone a friend time. <laughs> turn... <Damn. laughs>
4: Excuse
2: me, you've got the phone ringing. Got the phone ringing. <laughs> I you haven't got, rung anyone. It's me sweating, sweating. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, hello. Uh, there we go. Is that Lisa from Nova Press? This is Press? ridiculous. This is... Just, no, up, just the... give us a second. So so, 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 so from
1: the Life Aquatic is Dougie? Is that the, is that the residence while he cheats on the phone?
3: That was, of course, Devo. Uh, yes! Uh, there we
1: go. Awesome. Um, it sounds to me there was a tad bit of cheating going on what? during uh, sit- sitars in their eyes. Oh, no, why? Because somebody rang me. Well, well, well uh, <laughs> if I uh, accepted a phone call during some sort of competition, like it would quiz. like... Yeah, well, well, well I'm not exactly victorious. I, mean, I, I would not accept... This would be thrown out in court, wouldn't it?
2: No, Doug, that was a sound All right tune that yeah. sounded like the tune... Yeah by Devo in the Life Aquatic but what what was that version that you just Mm. played?
3: Right, uh, so that was Diggesunden Diggersunden Common from obviously Germany released on Innovative Communications which is uh, a label founded by Klaus Schultz back in the day so that's obviously going to give you Cosmic. an indication of a certain quality I hope, but uh, there's certainly yeah. loads of other stuff on that label.
1: Uh, the only label I know around here is the one that says CHEAT
2: in capital letters <laughs> Andy Botel, to CHEAT Listen, I, I'm, I'm uh, having one suicide in their eyes I think we should do a, by bit, illegal means. do a bit more traversing Yeah, I think we should traverse the globe Let's go to uh, another amazing is in uh, jazz tourist, who we um, uh, who we spoke about earlier. This is Don Cherry. Mm. <laughs>
1: the Keeper's Cottage somewhere in the English countryside. Jazz is not a four-letter word. Uh, that was something that sounds uh,
2: a little bit uh, Arabic uh, for my ears, uh, my untrained ears. suppose. Well, I suppose it's, there's, there's going to be an uh, African sort of uh, Malian sort of influence there, but that was the well-travelled Don Cherry. Stepfather of our good friend Naina Cherry mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, you know, he was on the Jazz Crusade He The, the album, the the, tr- the track we just listened to Was from an album called Eternal Now And it's called um, Moving Pictures for the Ear Which I think is a fantastic title as mm-hmm. well um, But this record features mostly Swedish musicians Because he settled in Sweden he, he Don Cherry, as a lot of listeners will know Met this amazing graphic designer sort of tapestry artist called Moki Cherry and um, settled in Sweden and started working with guys from Swedish prog bands like Krista Bothan and uh, Bent Berger and the amazing Bent Berger, yeah Krista Bothan and Bent Berger, <laughs> <laughs> yeah right okay well yeah. it it's uh, something there's either. a very
1: complicated family <laughs> tree the, uh, the the cherries isn't it, the whole half, uh, I think is Nena Swedish, American and an English?
2: Well, she's an amalgam of all three. I think. I, I suppose with t- testimony to to um, Don's penchant for travel. Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, that would that would be the case. Yeah. But amazing people involved in the record again. Bert Rosengren, who is a brilliant player from from Sweden, for fans of the sort of wider B music finders keepers discography, um, the film Holy Mountain by Hodorowski, This was basically. Most of that band, you know, um, a, a, a Swedish, Eastern-sounding jazz album, which was made in American for a film by a Chilean director. I mean, mm. it's just like a, a, amazing, you know. So, um, yeah, so a very strong cinematic. Ben burger
1: makes all the difference. I yeah. think there's uh, someone at the door. There's, there's that pungent smell around the uh, the keeper's cottage. I think that
2: must be tapeworm, who arguably smells like a bent burger. I bet. Your bottom dollar—that is tapeworm <laughs> at the door. Yeah, there's that sort of meaty back of the school canteen uh, odor. Uh, do you want me to go and? Well, if you would please, I know there's
1: it. very little eye contact. We, we, there's not a great deal of uh,
2: empathy between the two of you. I can already hear him sort of scratching a bit. Off there, you so go. Something. Give us a break.
5: Well, about the LP. Oh, I'll- Hello, Andy. Um, uh, is Pete? Yeah, in? yeah.
2: So have you? Uh, you bought some tapes for the the show? Let's let's go upstairs. It's Pete now. Ah, oh, tape the the cretinous parasite.
1: Oh,
5: Pete, you got a, Andy's your new secretary, is he? I, I just
1: thought there should be some more bonding between uh, you two.
5: No, we're, we're all right, Pete. i not don't, <laughs> don't uh, Yeah, I like Andy. I ain't got a problem with Andy. You caught me off guard there. Anyway, I'm here, so just suppose you should get on with the show. It's it's my, put me my theme tune on. <laughs>
1: Uh, Take one, though, the... the uh, uh, how's, your, how's your week been? I've, I've, you know, I've not seen you for, around the village for a little while.
5: It's been all right. It's uneventful, really. I mean, it, uh, do you know what? I... Right, you've caught me unawares again. I thought that this was meant to be a jazz show, but when I was waiting downstairs through what seemed like about a day to, to, answer, to eventually Andy to answer the door, it just sounds like you've reverted back to world music again. Like that last one by... Don Cherry. It sounded more like a world music. Is this a jazz jazz show, or is he not? Well, I'm, I'm,
1: the reason why you, 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 you come on the show regularly is to you know to, to impart your uh, your knowledge. Uh, as a, as a tapeworm, what is the, the what is, does jazz mean to the tapeworm?
5: Worm is jazzy. I mean, yeah, I, 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 am, I, I, can do it all, me. I'm, you know, I've got. It depends what head I've got on. It, it depends which end of the body I'm listening with. But uh, you know, I work on vibes, as I've said before. But it's, uh, yeah, you know, I like a bit of jazz. But see, since you, since you've sort of gone for the world element, i in fact, I'm going to play you something a bit different. How about some uh, like, of a Turkish persuasion? Um, uh, what I've got here is a guy called And Andalu Baramiari. Uh, his real name's Orin Kara, and he-, he bought cassette-only stuff out on this label in Germany called Pissende Kukassetten. Hang on a minute, what did you just say? I said Du cassette which actually translates as pissing cow. <laughs> so, uh, you know, don't start looking for linguistic double entendres because that's what it means. So um all right well this is the sound of that um a bit of a break from the jazz um and let's see what you think of this It's another tape worm discovery
4: up, up, so been you, been I've been the fun stuff.
1: So there we go. Um, obviously, a subject that's close to your heart: pissing cows.
5: It was well. Listen, don't try and pull my leg. I'm not a millipede or a centipede. I'm a worm. So get off. I, I can wriggle out of any situation. Bad language is something which is not a hundred percent appreciated on the tip. So uh, listen. I've, what do you? First of all, what? I'm speaking to your ears here. What do you think of the music? I thought
1: it was um, very much in keeping with our... uh, Jazz is not a four-letter word show.
5: It's DIY, you know, and I believe when I was down in the village there earlier on I saw a good mate of mine a good mate of yours Graham he said he's thinking of popping up later and he's from a DIY back- background I think it's quite important to recognise the similarities between DIY punk and jazz because mm. you know everything overlaps eventually especially when you're checking stuff out from all over the world like me so you know it's uh, yeah well uh, did you like it? Yeah
1: I, I did and, uh, <laughs> uh, very well you, you argued a very strong case there just for change <laughs> well,
5: it. well yeah Uh, Big shout out to my friends, uh, Felix Coobin and Booty Carol for bestowing that info on me anyway. So, uh, yeah, all right, can I go? As always. All right, I'll wriggle off, see you later. Bye! Bye. Bye, tapeworm. Yeah, all right, bye, Andy. Whatever. Around the world, Finders Keepers Radio Show.
1: I well, said, I enjoyed that. This is our jazz is not a four-letter word, and that certainly... Uh, it, it, throughout the jazz you played uh, throughout the show, that's probably the most accessible to me. Kind of made sense if you know, uh, you know, uh, uh,
2: right? Okay, that's surprising that because it was a wash with uh, electronic. Well, that bills and it gets madness. It,
1: uh, yeah. It goes yeah, mad yeah. towards the end, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, that was Bob Downs and his open music orchestra on his own, uh, opinion records. Wasn't there an Australian like, comedian called
1: Bob Downs years
2: ago? Was I mean. there? I'm <laughs> I'm know, sure, Bob Monkhouse. Well, I'm sure, I'm
1: sure, really. Maybe yeah, maybe there was maybe there yeah. it wouldn't be him by any <laughs> chance. Uh, it's British Chance's yeah. of the record essentially, yeah.
2: Uh, Yeah, yeah, British jazz. I mean, you know, with a few heavy dudes on, I mean, Tony Roberts playing tenor saxophone and uh, Herbie Flowers playing bass, um, Mm -hmm. and Laurie Baker on Synthesizer just bringing that crazy, crazy sort of ring modulation business uh, to the fray. Uh, Yeah, the album is called Hell's Angels, and Mm -hmm. it's got one of the best uh, record sleeves In jazz. Quite gothic looking, the whole thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it looks like the best metal album that um, turned into a jazz album when you got it home. Um, But, uh, yeah, it's uh, amazingly got his address on the back. Bob Downs... Forty-seven Damn right Road, I'm London W nine. Oh, we should have done that. It doesn't matter because um, he obviously doesn't. Public live there domain. Anymore. This record here costs two pound fifteen pence because it's got it on the back. West nine. Yeah,
1: do you know what that is? Uh, yeah, that would be Shepherd's Bush Way round right. the, around that area of West London. All mm. right.
2: So if you're doing trolling the bargain bins of Shepherd's Bush, I it down can, if you want. I'm down there. If you, if want you want. can get, if you can beat two pound fifteen on that record, <laughs> I'm. I I'm, mean, I'm it's impressive. I'm, I'm in for fifteen penny. I'm in for a pound. So uh, yeah, let's. Uh, let's do it. Should we go to Poland? Yeah. It, right. Yeah.
1: Strangely familiar about that record.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you said that, actually. Mm, Are you a Roman I'm, Polanski fan? Uh, not uh, by any stretch, not at all. Right, okay. Well, it's uh, yeah, it's a variation on the music to Cul-de-Sac. It's a cover of the theme tune to Cul-de-Sac. Right. Um, yeah, probably Polanski's fi- finest film, his first British-made film. But, um, but composed by the great Christoph Kamida. I suppose Polanski was a great conduit for the Polish jazz scene really because what happened between behind the communist walls was never really meant to come here but via the medium of film Krzysztof managed hmm. his music managed to travel the world until his uh, untimely death after he made the music to Rosemary's Baby but yeah that was um, Ewa Bem who came from the group the Novi Singers and people might well recognise her songbird stylistics um, in that what sounds like a vocal quartet, mm, maybe? Mm. Uh, yeah, under the name of Bemi Beck. and it's a rare single. So uh, would it be bad of
1: me to say that it reminded me of Serge, Sergio Mendes or not? That, no, well, no, it's definitely. Are you offended by that?
2: No, no, it's definitely in that world, you know, or, or uh, Free Design or mm. uh, something like that, you know. So, uh, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, for some people, Coldey's has become a, a a jazz standard.
1: Okay, I'm sorry to interrupt you there, Andy. I know you don't like me doing this when you're in full flow, but if it's the uh, the door, there seems to be some of the door. Would you, um, you like to go in and, and just answer the door for me? Oh, it? my turn, is it? Yeah, off okay. I'm, not, I'm not answering the door today. I've got, I've got I'm at the controls here.
2: Not really, actually. Well, look who it is! It's Graham,
0: Graham Massey. Massey, in person. Yeah. Don't answer your emails, <laughs> don't answer your phone. I thought I had to make it all the way up here to the Keepers Cottage. It's, it's an easy way, either that or a carrier pigeon. I believe yeah. there's a jazz amnesty and I can <laughs> actually talk about it without uh, having objects thrown at me.
2: I'd love to hear the jazz record collection of Graham Massey from the bands Danny and the Dressmakers, Biting Tongs, 808 State, Toolshed, Sisters of Transition. <laughs> oh, well, and there
3: he is! How <laughs> oh, does he do it all?
2: Yeah. More coming up.
3: Finders Keepers. B Music.
2: There's a baptism of fire. Well, wow, that's good. That was uh, blowing the cobwebs away, hasn't it? In, in at the deep end. Uh, that was Marbles, uh, a version of the John McLaughlin tune by the collective known as Toolshed, featuring uh, Graham Massey. Who's or should guest? I say orchestrated by Graham Massey? Were you the head honcho? Uh,
0: yeah, Toolshed was like a sort of group that we had at the night and day that was almost like a sort of house band. We, we had a sort of night the night and day where we had guest uh, bands on. It was supposed to be an electronica night, but it all kind of went wrong (laughs) and became whatever we wanted. There was a period uh, in Manchester when, on Oldham Street, people were playing along to records. It it was like a DJ culture where people would turn up and start playing instruments to records. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I
2: remember. Well, I remember the Toolshed Nights. I also remember a night that we did for Steve Smith where, on the flyer, I was DJing, it said, Graham Massey's going to turn up with his Moog. Like, Graham (laughs) Massey with
0: Moog. It literally started from those nights, Because, like, James Ford was one of the guys who's a famous record producer, James Ford, who who was knocking about there. You know, we'd we'd turn up and jam over the top of records and and ruin DJ's nights. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Chaos comes creation. (laughs) There was, like, to me, there was always this interchangeable, there was, like, home life.
2: And Toolshed, and for me it sort of represented, it was quite similar to sort of gong and magma. Do you know what I mean? There was sort of like... Yeah,
0: well, I think one was very female in... One was very ying and one was very yang kind of thing. And Toolshed being the very sort of macho male kind of side of things. Well, they all had the same people in it eventually. Eventually it all settled out into a group of musicians, many of them that we met through Seeming Toe from who was at the Royal Northern College of Music at that point. Yeah, she's like um, an opera singer. Or, yeah,
2: yeah, with obviously a much wider, wider spectrum than just opera. She can turn around. Yeah, to and they
0: were they were really young. Uh, you know, they were twenty at the time kind of thing, and 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 we were possibly forty. You know, there was a big age gap thing, and uh, we were all learning about music off each other, which was great. You know, we could play them. You know, our record collections to them were just. You know, probably fascinating to them as their so what you musical about, what you, knowledge. What did you learn to, to play as a do. kid? Then, what was your first instrument? My my first instrument was an electric violin. <laughs> <laughs> Not you, the norm, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it, and it was really random because we used to hang out in Virgin in the punk days. We used to hang out in Virgin Records they on the le, yeah, Street. Yeah, I remember it well. And they they had a wall there with like you know small lads on mm. you know selling hi fi's and ampl- yeah. amplifiers or join our band. And in there was an electric violin for twelve pound, and it was like yeah i'll do i'll do that <laughs> kind of thing and then that became part of my identity at school and i met uh, there was like you know you could spot the rockers at school there was uh, one lad Walking around in a tank top with a black Sabbath cross. <laughs> tank top says it <laughs> dates it certainly doesn't it a uh,
2: Sabbath tank
1: top <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> was there ever such a thing? <laughs> yeah. But I mean what you, you mean what what you were talking about there you, you eventually turns into 808 to eight state you know, magically doesn't it? Some some years later so it was, there's nothing uh, yeah, further yeah, from your I mean, start I mean, there I was, really. I, was, I it? was
0: old when we did eight, 8 state. Well, I was twenty eight when we started doing 808 8 state. So, you know, um, why would you use a a soprano saxophone on a techno record was a big question at the time. Probably the the one and only, though, isn't it? Probably It it was a controversial thing to do. It's like, you just don't have instruments on techno records because it was all about the purism of electronics Mm, mm. at that point. Jazz, for me, came from listening to rock records and then Santana, which opened a, a door to me. There was a point where he was very experimental, very open about his jazz influences and and turned me on to lots of uh, things like Coltrane and, uh, you know, Pharaoh Sanders, Alice Coltrane. And these these albums were big and popular, they they weren't, um, you know, something you had to dig out. Yeah. People on our street exchanging Deep Purple albums and Led Zeppelin albums would mm. have a Santana record. and yeah. I, I distinctly remember one coming out called Welcome that confused everybody and sent everybody kind of, you know, that was st- st- hitting the bargain bins kind no, of thing. Oh, People yeah. were rejecting it, but it fascinated me, that yeah. record.
1: Where do you well, think we should move
2: to next musically then? Where, at which point we're at? Well, sticking with Mahavishnu, Territory and keeping in theme with our global jazz is not a four letter word theme. Let's play something from a Czech composer who uh, later on scored American TV. Such as Pete's favourite ever show, Miami Vice. This is. What do you mean?
1: The white, the white suit I'm wearing
2: at the minute. (laughs) Crockett's thematic wardrobe. (laughs) Um, This is, as you probably guessed, uh, Jan Hammer and a track called "The Animals" from the box of Graham Massey.
1: to the Finest Keepers Radio Show. This is Jazz is not a four-letter word, thank you. Uh, we're with um, Gray Massey talking about... Uh, th- well, there's a, a, there appears to be an electric violin thread that's just come out of nowhere. And I rather ignorantly said, uh, <laughs> was there a, an electric violin, violin in Slade, which uh, was Jim Lee, wasn't it? Yeah. With the white violin. No, but, I, did,
0: I did really have a thing when you watched Top of the Pops and you yeah, saw yeah. somebody like um, ELO on it or something. Violin scheme, like, you know, was yeah, yeah, it? Like yeah. yeah, he was out of ELO, <laughs> wasn't he? You know? yeah. I yeah, probably yeah. even bought that record. Record, yeah, or oh, curved air was another. Uh, Did you have lessons for the violin then as a kid? No, No, so you just oh. I just had a wah wah pedal oh, right. um, <laughs> <laughs> and, right. and uh, an amplifier that was in fact the PA system from MacVittie's biscuit factory. In, and, um, don't knock it. The speaker was a Jim Carner horn, yeah, you know, like yeah, a yeah. like a huge tannoy yeah. I, I take it you could get a tune out of anything You were one of those kids, were you? Back then, you know, it was punk and everything So, you know, you were encouraged to make noise weren't yeah, yeah, You know I what I you mean? Would. You yeah. didn't, you, yeah, you know yeah. It was almost uncool to be a bit virtuoso But <laughs> on the other hand, you had this sort of dichotomy Of listening to all this virtuoso music You know, one of the bands we were into Was the French band, uh, Anglo-French band Gong mm-hmm. And they didn't do anything in 4-4 four, four. Everything was in 6-8 and 7-9 And all these weird time signatures So, and and it felt quite natural to be playing like that because that was the music we loved at the time you know and that hitting all this punk energy Mm. resulted in music that sounded a bit more like canon things really and faust faust was a big record with us because faust tapes um was well mainly because it was 49p anything that was 49p (laughs) (laughs) that's because
2: richard branson as a as an early Virgin Market employee, he released Camembert Electric and Faust tapes on the same day
0: for 49p. Is that is that right? That's right, yeah. And I think it that was like a revolutionary one, music <laughs> musical moment, you know, because yeah. they bonded so with so many uh, other people from that era. Who that record, those two records, were like a blueprint for. You
2: know. I think it's a beautiful thing drawing the line between punk and jazz, which people don't tend to do. But at the end of the day. It's just... They're still just DIY music. I think I think Toolshed, for example, mm. is this sort of, like, orchestral collective, and I think, you know, Sunrise is obviously, obviously another important identity for you, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Again, uh, back to cheap records, like, when in, in Manchester, a load of uh, ABC Impulse Sunrise records were suddenly dumped on Manchester with the corners cut off. And, again, loads of people just shared in the economic... <laughs> thing of that. Um, When Sun Ra came to the Royal Northern College of Music in 1981, I was shocked how many people turned up to that. I thought there'd be like 10 10 men and a dog, you know, because, um, you know, they're a pretty obscure band and quite difficult to, to, you know, quite hard to listen to uh, initially. But those albums we'd had since we were like, you know, 15 or something. and, And we persevered with them because... Uh, they had a strangeness to them, you know, all these electric keyboards on them that you couldn't really identify and they just had an air of mystery about them that made you go back to them all the time. So when we saw Sunrise in 81, it was just a, a yeah, it just blew your mind because uh, this was a band that could go from future music to 1930s music to, you know, abstract to really together music. It was like the world of music exploding in one gig, you know, it it's such an amazing concert that, after that, you know, um, you know, we just bought up anything that Sun Ra was putting out, and back then in Virgin Records, you got all those hand-drawn sleeves and everything, all the you know, weekly there was stuff we couldn't afford that, because they, even back then they were like 80 quid or something you know. I wonder who the buyer was at, at Virgin then, to, to pull in all them well, DIY well, just leaves. One of them was uh, Colin Seddon, who was in Biting Tongues with me, he worked at Virgin Records his auntie <laughs> was the manager at Virgin Records. So you had a mole you yeah, had a mole he, in uh, there. He was uh, yeah, his auntie was the manager, so you know he got a Saturday job there, but I think he was pretty <laughs> responsible and he, he has ended up with quite a a lot of those. All <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Yeah. There's
2: no mystery there, is there? Yeah. Let's. Uh, so maybe it's time to listen to some some similar cosmic big band. What
0: do you think? Yeah. Well, I've actually, I've actually got uh, on cassette um, that gig recorded on my Walkman. So let's pick, let's pick a wow. let's pick a bit of that. So. <laughs> what the gig that you were all? At? Yeah. Yeah. It's got us talking all over the beginning and end of it. We'll have to edit that out. Maybe. Oh, it's a bit of an exclusive. Yeah. Thing. yeah. Let's uh, hear this. This is when Graham again. Remind us. Um, Sun Ra at the Royal Northern College of Music in 1981.
4: let have a listen to it?
1: There we go, uh, takes you back to, to uh, Manchester in 1981, probably a gloomy place like it used to be in that, that era,
0: and uh, Sunrise, Ra. gig at the Royal Northern College of Music. As I say, there were so many people that had picked those Sunrise records up that it was almost like a sort of gathering of the tribes or something, I- it, had, it had a sense of uh, wow. uh, event about it. Is that the real...
2: Sex pistols at the free trade hall. Is that the real it's one? It's one of them Is gigs that, to yeah, me. Right. I
0: think it's one of them gigs that, that uh, you know, over the years people have talked about and returned to and, and pretended they were there. So who would have been in that lineup then? Um well John Gilmore, Marshall Allen, um, um When
2: when did Marshall Allen start playing that
0: that sort of lyricon style? Oh, they had uh, a battery of those electronic instruments. I think they probably had four or five of them. All the saxophone players had one.
2: Right, and how do they work? Is it like a reed into an electronic interface, or is it um, what it's is? It's
0: actually the one he's got. His his is like a reed, yeah. But they, they do have ones that are a trumpet mouthpiece. One's called an EY, electronic wind instruments, and one's called an electronic reed instrument or something.
2: Right, and were they rocking them back at that gig? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that was sort of must have been. Is it safe to say that they're some of your earliest? Electronic influences, which later manifested in that huge collection of synths that you've got in your <laughs> house.
0: Yeah, and uh, certainly um, the Moog synthesizer, I would have been aware of through the Mahavishnu Orchestra. Again, you know, somebody like Jan Hammer, he was rocking the Moog in the Mahavishnu Orchestra. Um, Mahavishnu Orchestra had this big Indian influence. And what he was actually doing with the Minimoog and the and the pitch bender was imitating the Indian veena instrument, you know, which is like a sitar yeah, yeah. type thing. And and they were all doing uh um studying with Indian musicians at that point. And uh, you know, when you hear it now it's really obvious, but all that sort of pitch bending uh, moog playing is is, is very much in, Indian influence. I
2: think it? it's ace for people to sort of come from that electronic to hearing that electronic stuff now yeah. and going backwards the other way to discover the
0: the ethnological music
2: yeah <laughs> do, do you know Bruce Ditmas the the um, the moog drummer?
0: i've I've heard of him, I've got a record with him and Jacko Pastorius, yeah that's right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: doing uh Blay and peacock, yeah. peacock covers, yeah, yeah, and then he did two dedicated albums of um just him. Playing a uh, moog drum. yeah that's right yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah, but as far as I knew, he was one of the only recorded moog drummers on record, but you often talk about this other dude
0: yeah i've got I, I first saw the word moog drum on this uh, Cuban record with uh, emil Richards and uh, Wilfredo dulles Rays jr <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, Louis Belson. Right. And, and it's kind of like all-star Cuban percussionist album. It had the the Weather Report drummers uh, Alex Acuna and Manola Badrena on it. That's why I bought it. Um, but it turned out to be an evergreen in my DJ box. I just play it out all the time. It's just pure Cuban dance music. Right. Let's check that out now. Mm.
2: See with that early jazz and electronic interface, you can already see the early Masonics 808 state sort of influences creeping in there.
0: Yeah, I mean, electronics has been, you know, it's kind of been around since the, you know, longer than you think, really. You know, I mean, my first noticeable thing was Stevie Wonder, really, you know, listening to those records and going, what the hell is that sound? And and then finding Tonto's expanding headband albums off the back of that. And the first band I saw was Hawkwind, which were just sort of all about white noise and uh, not even synthesizers. They had, like, tone generators. And my my dad... Built me a tone generator just simply because of my windows obsession. Yeah, <laughs> we need to do a, a, man, a Mancunian sort of uh, m-
2: makers of m- musical machinery episode. I bet you've that, got I a think. number of them, haven't yeah.
1: you? It sounds <laughs> to me that Botel well,
2: knows a number of them. There's tons of people up here who couldn't get their hands on synths, so they had to make yeah. their own
1: mm. stuff. You know, well, trace, to, you trace, uh, you know, trace being yeah, the, with your
0: trace yeah. guy um, yeah. Andy Pop or whatever. You know, that whole idea of drawing the whole system in your rough book was definitely something I was uh familiar with because i went to see uh, tangerine dream which is and q in stretford which is <laughs> hard which, rock yeah the hard yeah. rock, the hard rock. Yeah. yeah 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 and they had the system set up in quadrophonic and all these modular synthesizers and stuff and back, I, d- yeah. I just went back and started drawing all these synths and it, that's where the synth bug kind of <laughs> came from let's talk a little bit more about the electric violin. Yeah, well, you're happy to, obviously, Graham. Yeah, I'm happy to. Yeah. Well, well, as Graham is that, Clark that, that, as well, isn't there? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm absolutely rubbish at the electronic violin. I ended up, you know, sort of abandoning it years ago. But um, one of the guys I was in my original um, band with uh, when we were at school is Graham Clark, who made a career out of being a jazz violinist it's like the hardest (laughs) thing you would possibly ever go to the careers office with, it's like want to be a jazz violinist. He made it, (laughs) he made it though but his dad was a a jazz bass player as well and uh, he mended double basses, his whole house was just full of music and uh, you know people like Francois uh, Rabath would have his basses mended there and he's like, yeah it, and, and leave records there he, he left this brilliant record multi-bass uh, which was uh, uh, I don't know whether they re-released it but it was like a you know, limited press double bass record uh, of multi-tracked Boeing double bass that is awesome let's play some of that actually So, so that album's called Mul- Multibase. Multibase, yeah. right. Okay. And, and who's on it? Uh, it's just Francois Rabath and uh, maybe some guest percussion players, like a tablet player. And uh, it's obviously like something he did as a limited press. A lot of his records are really. Hard to find, but he's he's, a, he's an internationally renowned teacher of the bass. Oh yeah, no, he's yeah. a legend. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, he, and he's played on tons of French records. Yeah, he? yeah, contrabass. That's his, Was he ins- Charles Aznavour's bass player or something?
2: I guess because I mean, yeah. he did session stuff. I mean, he, I dare say he did a bit of library yeah. stuff as well. So yeah, but yeah. Rabath is it? Yeah, he's a big dude.
0: But uh, all this stuff used to go on at Graham Clark's dad's house, and uh, he had the, <laughs> yeah he had this amazing collection of Hawaiian music and and exotica music. That's where I got. My love of exotica music, right? Because uh, we used to just sit around his house listening to Half Lyman and Your stuff. Your upbringing and... sounds like the best upbringing. I was <laughs> going to a house full of double bass
1: instruments,
0: it was an amazing house. It was like the British Museum. It, <laughs> he was a very worldly bloke that had lived, he'd done cruise ships, he'd been in the army and all over the world and stuff. And you know, the house looked like an exotica album cover, you know? <laughs> right? Yeah, right, right, right okay. And, uh, you know, and members of Gong would turn up there because Graham uh, went actually to join Gong in the 80s. How did that happen? Was it like a pilgrimage? Was it like a sort of sort of fan club encounter? Or, uh, it was or... just like, a, you know, like a salmon swimming upstream or something. <laughs> like? It just kind of, it kind of fulfilled uh, his destiny. He just okay. was determined to be in Gong. Right. And then, you know, we'd be around Graham Clark's dad's house with, like, D.D.A. Malherb. Would wow. Be there. And, like, you know, people... Uh, stay in the night, and uh, you know it was an amazing sort of place at that time. Amazing energy to it, and yeah, Graham's a, a brilliant violin player, you know, and it features on that Toolshed album. Yeah, heavily. Oh, yeah. yeah. So Michael
2: Urbaniak or Michelle Urbaniak, husband yeah. of Ursula duziak Yeah. Uh, th- this is like the the Polish contingency, which is a super strong, like um, world of jazz that we probably didn't know about or wouldn't have known about until the the world came down obviously people like cheslaw bartowski and neiman and christoph komeda is probably the one we'd know mostly through the polanski films
0: yeah well it's hard to believe but in virgin records on lever street in manchester there was uh uh, you know in your john Ponty section was a load of import michael urbaniac records you know, once you figured he was an electric violin player, I just started <laughs> buying them again. They were really expensive, so prohibit. Yeah, I didn't get many of them till later on when they were second hand, you know. But when they were super cheap,
2: when they were super cheap. <laughs> In fact, there was
0: one bargain one on the, C- the CBS One Fusion, that's right, which yeah. is an amazing record. Yeah, it's uh, you know, texturally, it's just so oddball, and every every one of the musicians on it has a unique style. Uh, his wife Ursula Dudziak in the singing department, the organist, the uh, drummer. Each one has a very unique sight, style and sound. Uh, I love that record so much. We should maybe play one of that.
3: Finders Keepers, second class sound.
2: Legendary Michelle oh, It was good, wasn't it? it was good. Yes. In fact, the whole show's been good, isn't it? Yeah. Jazz exactly. is not a four-letter word. Jazz is not a four-letter word, and this isn't the only episode we're going to do with this because obviously you know it could run and
0: run. You know, with you two, with yeah, with Graham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll run it off on cassette for my wife. She'll love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then we'll be banned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll yeah.
2: be banned from ever doing a show again due to yeah, yeah. Emma. Um, all right. Uh, nice to end on a, on some electric yeah. violin as well, which is obviously where it makes the the full the full circle. I, I I've got a record ready here because I remember first talking to Graham about stuff like you know, Sun Ra and Mahavishnu, and then loads of other electronic electronic stuff. But every now and then he'd hark back to he'd invite me to come to these Martin Denny-themed nights. <laughs> and I was just yeah. like, I'm losing the guy here. What, you know, because yeah. Martin Denny, to me, was just one of those Exotica dudes. And then... I don't know mean,
0: so, yeah. one of those
2: <laughs> One of those loungy Exotica dudes, which I was just like, I do not need these tiki guys in my life. But then I heard this record, which appealed to my cinematic and Eastern sensibilities. So this is Martin Denny's version of... March of the Siamese Children from *The King and I*. Thank you, Graham Massey. Thank you. Thank you.
1: You're listening to the Finest Keepers radio show from somewhere in the English countryside we've been uh, exploring the world uh, the complicated world of jazz
2: <laughs> <laughs> just a very small bit of yeah, yeah well just a t- yeah, yeah, the, the amount of amazing of amazing records and instruments and films and dare say other things that Graham Massey could introduce me to and turn me on to but the one right. that that the most memorable for me is the world of, of Martin Denny. He was the conduit that. took So you me, went to a me. show along with Graham years ago. No, Graham used to always do these Ma- like Martin Denny tribute things and sort right. of like used to used to see it in Graham's charts. Martin Denny and I used to bang my head against the wall going, "What does he mean?"
1: But anyway,
3: <laughs> there you go. What we're going to move to next? This combines two of my favourite things kids' records and big drums. This is the easiest way for me to sort of find a segue into jazz without kind of uh, being a bit too too nitpicky about it. Oh, right. So this is a record courtesy of one of my favourite, my all-time favourite Danish jazz drummers, a chap called Bjorn Rosvold who's responsible for the Jazz Dancer LPs which is uh, probably some of the most sort of collectible and desirable Danish jazz for, for the sort of beat heads for the DJs Uh, currently available not a lot of people realize that he was involved in kids films Um, there's lots of um, semi-naked mermaids and pirate crabs and whatnot but uh, recently this has sort of made a massive resurgence everybody's after this um, for obvious reasons when you listen to it now
2: Mig, så skifter jeg farve Og jeg gemmer mig Så jeg bliver helt væk
5: Når jeg keder mig Så skifter jeg farve Og jeg gemmer mig Så jeg bliver helt væk Jeg er lej og komvøj
2: Og så skyder jeg med blik Sej, se den snor sig afsted.
5: Prøv at se på mig, jeg kan også følge med. Oh, den vrider side. se den snor sig afsted. Prøv at se på mig, jeg kan også følge med. Jeg er Når det hele er en leg er bestille noget Det er ikke noget for mig Oh, jeg har det bedst Når det hele er en leg Jeg kan spille på min tromme Pille næse Og spille skalofon
3: Benny's Bathtub by drummer Bjorn and oh, Very nice that was too.
2: Good. What should we do now?
3: Do you know what? I think we should have a
1: break from all of this jazz.
2: You, should we have a, a break from 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 the four-letter word for it for a bit? Well, it's,
1: it's, where do you go for it? It is indeed. Where do you go from here, isn't
2: it? Well, let's just keep let's keep eastern and just go to uh, one of our favourite places, which is Turkey. Here we go.
1: Fine tune. Lovely cover by the way. It looks like a family portrait of a wedding, perhaps. It <laughs> is actually, yeah. yeah. And
2: that's not unusual for Turkish records. Um this that's by Rana and Sel Selchuk and I've seen records by Rana and I've seen records by Selchuk and I think they sort of maybe just got together to, to like Peters to, and Lee. I think, no, I think they've 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 pooled their uh, their, their records to, to to stretch over the course of an entire album. All right, so yeah. There's some sort of musical economy going it's down. It's quite there. a
1: nice cover though. The artwork and stuff. So it, it's it's got to be seven. It's got to be a seventies record. Though, yeah, it? yeah. The, the style of it.
2: Yeah. Anything that sound anything from sort of Turkey about 78, 79, sounds like it's typically from 71, seventy one, seventy two. <laughs> So but but they had a good grasp on uh, electrifying instruments like saz mm. I mean, when, I remember when I first heard a, a fuzz guitar on a Turkish record? I was like, "Oh my god, that's mm. the heaviest fuzz guitar ever!" You do, you, I mean, you do but, t- it, but it wasn't yeah. a guitar; it yeah, was a yeah. Saz. Yeah. So they would take old like oods and Saz and put them through fuzz pe- pedals with a with a bigger. I way. take it there
1: was plenty of Turkish music around because you you do talk about it a lot. So there must be—is there a wealth of it? It's a bottomless pit,
2: really. I mean, oh, you know, it? it's okay. like it's like w- people like Irkin Cory and Barish Mancho. You know, there's there's they're, they're the big names, really. But there's but like they're like your Eric Clapton and George Harrison other than that it's like any other country oh, there's right. millions of, oh, mu- right. of musicians okay. so I don't know but there's a distinct sort of like electronic element I mean Graham's here could you identify Still, what that yeah, might have yeah, been yeah, that yeah, noise yeah. I wasn't listening. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. There's always please
1: play attention, <laughs> Graham.
2: Every time I say there's a synth on a Turkish record, someone would turn around and go, "No, that's like a nude through a through a pedal right. or something like that." So I don't know, and I should imagine they had their own synth companies. I mm-hmm. guess you mm-hmm. know oh, little stuff. synthy things. Did it? Turkish God, synths? Uh... One of the <laughs> main one of the main guys uh, to come out of that movement though was this guy OK OK Timiz, who ended up uh, living in Sweden and playing with people like Don Cherry. Mm. And and this next record is okay to Miz with a bunch of swedish guys so uh let's check that out and we're verging back into the four-letter word territory Here we go which again. is jazz <laughs>
4: We'll be right
1: Listening to the finest keepers radio show from somewhere in the English countryside. That was an unusual sounding. Pretty good though, I have to say. Pretty impressive.
2: You see, now that's where jazz creates like a bed for loads of other yeah. cultural interjections. Yeah. Because then it starts off a bit Brazilian with the whole sort of birimbau thing, sort of cutting a cutting a. Turkish air toe maybe would you agree at the start Graham Massey still yeah. with us yeah, he, he, can't,
1: he won't go home he won't leave the keeper's cottage <laughs> how can you the jazz <laughs> magnets we've got this, jazz this magnets jazz going on
2: <laughs> and, and then it's sort of, and then you hear the Turkish thing kicking, but it's a Swedish record so uh, something, know, what,
1: what, uh, what is the title of that and it was a, 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 Did you were, were you asking Graham a,
2: well, again, it's the, the band's Oriental Wind, which is basically OK to me, from Turkey. But, um, yeah, the uh, that track is called Kabak, and then underneath it says Turkish for calabash. Now, if you're privileged enough to know what yeah. a calabash is, you might need that translation. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty
0: sure it's the vegetable, isn't it, a calabash? Or you, you were saying... It, it, it's it a gourd. Yeah, yeah. It's a pumpkin, and you dry it out, and then you make you can make different instruments out of it. Right. Well, Berimbau bow being one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so there you are. Which is a bow and arrow with a... With a pumpkin on the end. Oh, it's it's <laughs> exactly. an education,
2: this show, don't you think? <laughs> what do you play? I play a bow and arrow with a pumpkin on the end. <laughs> don't we <laughs> all? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why I started. But, you know, again, I mean, we've gone halfway around the world and then a little bit further with just that one record, so why don't we try and do the full circle? And uh, I think it's time we call someone, uh, a friend of ours, who's quite literally on the other side of the planet. It's uh, James. Yeah. Uh, James Pianta from Roundtable Records, Dual Planet and monster sky a big friend of finders keepers so uh yeah let's see what he's up to
3: finders keepers second class sound
2: Ah. same ringtone for australia interesting is he going to be there hello hi james how you doing Andy, how you doing? I'm all right. I've got Graham here. I'm Pete Graham Massey and Pete Mitchell, and this is the Finders Keepers Radio Show. And Hi, we're and speaking it. to James Pianta in, in Australia. In
1: Australia. Hello, all James. The way, all the way around good, the world. Do we say Hi, good, do we say good day, good night? I don't know what we are saying to a fellow Australian. Good
2: day. Good day. Yeah.
6: Good day. <laughs> I'm
2: just yeah, ex- changing pl- <laughs> ex- pleasantries here. That's what I'm doing at the moment. So, have you been up to James? Picking up any vinyl gold and on the other side of the world that we can't quite get our grubby mitts on? Always. James is an expert for us. He's sort of like one of our um, satellite trawlers in the world of Australian film music. But he on stuff for you? Well, we do do it together, you know, with this modern technology. Usually we work in tandem. Well, as the name Pianta Mm. might suggest to you. Yes, indeed. He's also got a keen eye and ear for Italian soundtracks and library music. And he recently threw his Round Table label... Reissued Niente, um, which is a brilliant record by Gruppo. Explain to everyone who Gruppo is.
6: Uh, Gruppo is a collective of Italian musicians, uh, most notably Ennio Morricone. And I guess you'd call them a group of uh, experimental, avant garde, classically trained musicians who got together and made a lot of noise, basically.
2: I mean, one of the really important um, members of Gruppo who occasionally turned upon this. On these records was this jazz drummer called uh, Vincenzo Rusticcia, mm. and um, I suppose that ties us nicely in, into the reason that we've we've rung James because uh, within James's record collection, I'm sure there's a whole host of amazing jazz drummers, and because uh, I've seen James has got a great jazz collection so what are you going to play as james today given that it's the finders keepers jazz is not a four-letter word show are you going to play some australian stuff or italian stuff or what have you got for us
6: it's interesting actually i had a dig and i thought well i could play some italian stuff or some rare british jazz but then i thought i probably couldn't really talk about it you know in depth so I, i did go for some australian stuff I thought that was most appropriate. All
2: right, well, that sounds amazing. I mean, you know, the the, the, Galapagos, the Galapagos Duck and Don Burroughs were probably for a long time the only Aussie jazz records I had. I'm sure there's a massive world of possibly unreleased stuff as well that we'll never get over here, so whatever you play to us is probably going to be new. Is this the crème de la crème of uh, Australian jazz we're going to hear?
6: Well, they were, those two names that you mentioned, they were quite well known. They were even famous, you know, so they were pressed in huge quantities. So they're, they're easy records to find. The infrastructure we see was quite limited in terms of labels and what was commercially made available, so the best stuff is really, you yeah, never saw a vinyl release. What I'm going to play is a track called Carlton Streets off a a record by a, a group called the Brian Brown Quintet and but basically it's, I think it's best described as the equivalent of maybe Ian Carr, um, Nucleus or Keith Tippett, I, I guess for lack of a better word, like a fusion record, you know, electric jazz. Um, this is probably the best example of that that came out of uh, Melbourne in the 1970s, 1975, actually. Featuring uh, so Brian Brown on tenor, uh, two people that you'd be really interested in here, Andy. Uh, Tolly and Dara.
2: Oh, brilliant. Husband
6: wife duo, uh, David Tolly and Jure Dara. Uh, David on bass and Jure on percussion. And also featured Bob Sedegreen on piano, Ted Vining on drums, and a name that a lot of people might recognise in the UK, Alan Lee. Um, he, he was uh, a jazz vibist, and he plays percussion on this record. And the track I'm going to play is Carlton Street by the Brian Brown Quintet.
2: Brilliant. Thanks, James. We'll be in touch soon. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye, James. Go Thank on. you. Thank you. There we go. James, on. We well done.
1: Thank you. There we go, uh, we go down, uh, we always go on about traversing the globe, there we go, down to Australia and your best friend James, you've got a lot of mates spread around the world. We
2: couldn't have gone further away from our comfort zone with no, that No, you one, couldn't. So what was that again, just remind me. That was probably one of the rarest Aus- Australian jazz records there yeah. is, and it yeah. also features um, Tolly and Dara, who were husband and wife, sort of electronic jazz theatre, sort of professor, school teacher, mm. duo, mm. which did amazing stuff. And, I dare say, through the Finders Keepers Network, you'll probably be hearing more stuff by them.
1: Well, well, Gray Massey's still with us as well. Uh, thank yeah, you, I'm still here. Couldn't yeah, get rid yeah. of you. Like a bad smell, we we'll to just keep hanging yes. around. You won't go anywhere. <laughs> but we've, um, that's the end of our jazz is not a four-letter word. Apart from one track, you know, you've got something that's mightily strange and something I wouldn't expect you to play. <laughs> Off the cover alone, you think, this is, looks like... A, he looks like Sting. Yeah. And he's called... Kenny
2: Millions. His name's Kenny Millions. Uh, Like a Peter
1: Kay character.
2: I I, I was going to, I could, if I was to believe the sleeve notes on this record, I'd tell you that this is the best jazz record ever (laughs) made. The album's called Better and Better, and the track's called Better Than Death. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's on the Leo label, which was a kind of UK label that specialised in... Odd records. No, they specialised in sort of bringing Russian jazz musicians oh. over okay but there's a lot of sort of sound poets and stuff on that label but this is like i don't know it's got it's sort of it's electronic it's electronic Graham, jazz.
0: are you convinced before you hear this well, at all by this very no, I very think strange some kind cover. of inflated self-esteem going on with this record that, <laughs> yes. that is possibly yeah. you
2: know he looks like he snorted a lot of jazz <laughs> yeah. <but> yeah there's <laughs> a lot of jazz going I'll on i'd be
0: very surprised if this is any good and uh, it's if, if, yeah, well it says it's the best So it oh, must right. be true yeah. It's
2: better than death And this is the end of the show oh, And I've just spotted Out of nowhere It said "It's Most as...
0: things are better than death <laughs> It yeah. goes
2: as, It's as though Eric Clapton never existed It's, oh, part, oh, there you it's go. part of his sleeve notes So yeah, yeah. Uh, What kind of instruments are you playing?
1: He's
0: yeah, playing Cla- the alto yeah,
2: yeah, Playing yeah.
1: the alto and Thank you Saks. Graham uh, Graham, uh, Graham Massey88 On Twitter is it? I can't remember
0: uh, Oh uh, Masonic Masonics808 If you want to get into it Most yeah. things are Masonics To do with me I'm and sure you get some geeks From and asking you about that keyboard yeah. stuff you were
1: talking about, maybe. Yeah, maybe, yeah.
2: What's um, your Twitter account? Pete?
1: It's Pete Mitchell DJ. And what's yours, Andrew?
2: <laughs> it's at Andy Votel.
1: Uh, and uh, all inquiries send them that way. Thank you, Graham. Massey for our four. Jazz is a four letter word. Oh, I'll just special. go camp in the garden yeah, I'll yeah, be back. Yeah, here we go. Kenny Millions. Woo! Here we go. Jazz is
4: four letter listening to the Finders Keepers radio show making global sound local